But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Greetings, and what I've just read to you is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, BH. And in this first segment, I want to talk to you about how we can agree to disagree or being able to disagree without becoming disagreeable. Sometimes we find ourselves most contentious about the things that are have a personal relevance to us, things that we really look forward to celebrating and sharing with other people. And sometimes when others don't receive the message the way that we want, we can respond to their response in a negative way. We can, for example, if I have a particular, if I cheer for a particular sports team, I'm a fan of a particular sports team. And when our team is successful, I like to celebrate it. I feel good. I feel a kinship. I feel a connection because I feel like the passion and uh, the passion that I have as a fan is met with the passion of the players and they won and and they're able to say that we were successful. So as a fan, I feel like I was a part of the victory. So when I go out and share it with others, people that are casual and they let, yeah, good game. I'm happy for you guys. Or sometimes you might run into the rival fan base. Some fan bases, some fan bases just hate the other fans, even if they're not playing each other. That's how deep it is. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. So I know a little bit about having, being a fan. And sometimes just being a fan isn't good enough for some fans. Sometimes we want to take our happiness and go find somebody else because just because we know that it would upset them that our team's successful. Got to be real careful with that because it's one thing for little kids to do it. It's one thing for little kids to do it. It's one thing for, you know, older kids, middle school kids to do it. But when you become an adolescent and start becoming an adult, we should, I say we because I'm just as guilty as anybody else. When we become older, we need to put those childish things away because when we're trying to establish relationships with other adults, these relationships are about something. We're trying to do something functional and there's no thing, there is nothing that I can contribute that is functional if I am secretly trying to ambush somebody else with bad news. The, the, I should not be, as an adult, I should not be giddy about the the likelihood of seeing my friend or my family member looking down in the mouth. Because, hey, just trying to dismiss it as, well, they would do the same thing to me. Well, that might be true. It might be true, but just because somebody else is doing something doesn't mean that it gives you the license to do it. Particularly if you're serious about trying to be strong and trying to be trying to model certain behaviors. Are you wanting to model what you see somebody else do that's bad? Or are you trying to model something that has been put on your heart that is good? Something that shows patience and self-control. Something that shows kindness. Those are the fruit of the spirit. So you won't run somebody crazy or have somebody wanting to hurt you 
if you're genuinely kind. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you can when you think somebody else is hurting is not to say anything to them at all. Um, same thing for politics. There are sometimes when we can get, and I'm saying we, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. There are times when we can get all down in the mouth because a particular candidate or a political party seems to have a, have the votes to be in power. Well, the truth is, God can use a fool like me. God can use somebody else too. I know that I have been thoroughly wrong about things that I felt thoroughly right about. And it took time for me to understand just how messed up I was. So no matter who might be uh, blessed with the opportunity to be chosen to lead, with blessed with the opportunity and responsibilities of leadership, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they look like, regardless of the tone of their communication, God can use that person. Now, if I, as a model of, of righteousness, decide to stop being kind to people because they're in the wrong party or stop hoping for the best because this person espoused some beliefs about a policy that I just cannot embrace, if I want to, if I decide that I'm not going to be supportive, I'm not going to be supportive of of this of this uh, this country, if it's a national thing or local, if I decide I'm just going to be a malcontent and any opportunity I can remind people of just how bad this person can sound at times. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's functional. There are plenty of people who get paid to do that, to just get people fighting each other. People get paid to do that. What am I getting and what am I giving if I contribute to that kind of madness? If I want my community to be better, to have more respect, then I have to have a respectful attitude when I go out into that community. If I want my family to have more respect and tolerance for each other, then I need to go when I when I get away from my home where I'm by myself. I need to go and visit other people with a kind attitude, with pleasure in the work that I'm doing and, and with the gentleness in my spirit. Because if I go with anything else, then I'm running the risk of contributing to the very problems that I always like to blame other people for doing. So it's just something to think about. It's okay. It's understandable to speak about things that are important to your heart. It's okay. If it's something that is important, if it's something I find very interesting, I might want to talk about it, especially the people that I spend a lot of time with. But I always need to be respectful of other people, especially when they share that their convictions are very different from mine on certain things. It is just flat out not right for a late adolescent to adult to jump around and carry on with glee and and um, I guess an appetite for destruction, trying to find other people when they lose. 
you're not going to, you're not, do you think you're going to create a positive attitude so that when you sit down and try to negotiate with them, did you contribute to that positive attitude or did you contribute to something else that is not going to be in your favor when you guys have to learn how to compromise? Because believe you me, sometimes when we work on goals, we have to compromise where I don't get exactly what I want and they don't get exactly what they want. If I spend my days excusing my own bad behavior and say, well, hey, this is just the way that I am uh, and I've got to be this way or else the world will eat me up. That's not what the scripture says. We shouldn't do things just because everybody else does it, especially when we know from Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23, there are things that we can bring to every disagreement that will not land us in jail. Because against such things, there is no law. Those things, again, the nine points from the nine point podcast, which were taken from Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23 are again, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law. So when we deal with people that have different religious beliefs, different political beliefs, different passions about sports, different passions about policies. We need to be respectful. We need to have self-control regardless of what they do. Because trust me, sometime at some point in your life, you did the same thing they did or you did something that impacted somebody else the same way their bad behavior impacts you. The difference is what kind of person do you want to be today? What do you want to represent? What team do you really want to represent? Do you want to represent team righteous or do you want to represent team world? The choice is yours. The excuses that you had yesterday are still there for you to pick up and put on if you want to use them again. Or if you want to put on the full armor of God, which is truth, righteousness, peace, the gospel, salvation, faith and the Holy Spirit. Then you can put that armor on and be a part of the team that has already got victory. Victory has already been provided for them and celebrate in the adventure of moving forward and representing what's truly righteous. So that's that will be the end of this segment. And when we come back, we'll be on to segment number two. All right. Welcome to segment two. Um, Now, usually segment two is devoted to Z time where we have representatives from Generation Z, some teenagers. However, uh, we had, we went through it and I had a good conversation with them, but both of them are a little bit under the weather. Uh, Their allergies are really, really bad. And as a result, I listened to the quality of of the audio and decided that this, we were gonna make an exception this week. So hopefully during the next podcast, Generation Z will be back in in full effect. But this second segment will continue to focus on the notion that we can disagree without being disagreeable. And I brought up situation to them that was related to their age group, a couple of situations. One, uh, here locally uh, at the Kentucky State Fair, uh, there was a prank where an individual or a few individuals set off some fireworks and said that there was a shooter somewhere. Um, This happened at the 
Kentucky Fairgrounds. And um, a lot, it was very stressful and chaotic for a while. And I don't I, that situation, I think, is still playing itself out as far as consequences and whatnot. But one of the things that came from that situation was uh, that the powers that be determined that they would not allow teenagers to be at the fair without their parents or without an adult 21 or over uh, after a certain time of day. So that was done out of, you know, concern for public safety. Something similar happened within the last couple of years when it comes to one or maybe even two local shopping malls um, where there was concern about the way some adolescents were carrying themselves um, and um, and they ended up coming up with uh, with policy strongly discouraging families from allowing their adolescents to go to the mall and just hang out. Um, as a matter of fact, it was pretty similar to what happened at the fair. If I'm not mistaken, there was strong encouragement for them to for parents and, and guardians to accompany their teenagers when uh, at, at a certain time of beginning at a certain time of day. I, my, I don't know the exact specifics of it, to be honest with you. Neither, none of my teenagers are huge on going to the mall and hanging out. So it didn't impact them and it didn't impact my family specifically. But both of those situations at the mall and at the fair were done out of public safety. A common, a common theme is held when we come and we look at the situation of gun violence in this country. And there are passionate opinions when it comes to gun safety, gun violence, and protection of our rights to bear arms. It is not within my ability to uh, to give any kind of decisive um, endorsement of any side of where somebody might lie on that particular position. But what I would say is that the fruit of the spirit is sorely needed in that conversation. If we can agree that we live in some very violent and chaotic times, and if we can agree that there are, there have always been, and for that reason, will most like and almost guarantee there will always be people who break the law, who try to find loopholes to do bad things. Uh, they will do enough of the things that are within the law, um, and then they'll go take it to that next level and end up hurting a lot of people. And that has always that's always happened. So if we can agree, if we can come in from a starting point. That there are people that make it up in their minds to do horrible things and that and that at least at least half of the time. Those people that make it up in their minds to do horrible things do not have much respect or empathy for good people that would have ordinarily vouched for them. A lot of those people, when they make up their minds to do evil, they don't care so much how hard it makes it on everybody else. Um, what I don't, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time 
um, going over that fact, but it seems pretty obvious that the more evil a act is, the less compassion and respect that person or those individuals have for everybody else that has to clean up the mess. See, a lot of times we give people that we love the benefit of the doubt. We can see that they're doing something that we wouldn't normally want anybody else to do. Or because I have a relationship with her or I have a relationship with him, I feel comfortable that they will only go so far with it. But I might not feel that comfortable seeing somebody else given that same latitude or that same freedom that I'm willing to give somebody that I am willing to personally vouch for. And what happens to public trust is, as I mentioned a minute ago, when people do horrible things, after the, they have after they have come out from the wall of people that accept them, they go out and do something horrible. And all those people that were trying to defend the position of giving people um, giving people access to make their own choices, it makes the, it makes anybody that tries to say something. Um, something positive about continuing to allow us to have freedom, it makes it makes it harder for that argument to be to be really embraced. And and at the same time, when people try to make the argument, the case that there are always people that do bad stuff, you can't you can't make a law that's going to out that's going to outlaw evil. You, you can't outlaw evil with more laws. You can't. Um, you can't educate compassion into somebody that has a cold heart. Um, some people do not want to accept that reality. And I believe for those reasons that we've, that we've just discussed, bringing the fruit of the spirit into those conversations is essential. The people that make the rules, the people that modify the rules and laws, the people that protect the rules and laws that are currently being enforced, they need to have be coming and nourishing themselves off of that fruit because the things that people do, the attitude that they convey when they do them, it impacts a lot of innocent people. A lot of people are on the sidelines hoping and waiting that people can go in a room and agree to have faith in each other, to have faith that I might not fully embrace some of your deepest core convictions, but I respect your right to have those convictions. And in at the same time, I expect you to respect my core convictions, even if you can't agree to them fully. So having faithfulness in the process of being able to have a compassionate and constructive conversation with somebody that is element that is coming from the fruit of the spirit. Again, come in the fruit of the spirit relates to Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. Again, that those nine points outlined in Galatians chapter five, 22 and 23 is the basis of the name, the nine points podcast, the nine points I'm trying. We try to whenever possible, introduce and remind people of these concepts and bring those into conversations that need to come, that need to uh, 
manifest themselves into tangible and functional results. So people that are protecting the rights of people to bear arms and protecting public safety, they I've never been a part of any committee like that. So I keep saying they if somebody asked me to be a part of it, then I say we. But those people need to have peace in their hearts. They have to have respect for the fact that there have been a lot of people that have died quickly and indefensively because of gun violence. And my heart goes out to them. And I want to be a part of making this world a better place. And I need to make sure that the words that come out of my mouth are respectful, not dismissive of what somebody else might feel is makes them vulnerable or unresolved. I think that everybody that goes to the table to handle that needs to have peace in their mind and in their hearts and not go for the purpose of, of raising their flag for their position and or defending this hill. We need to learn how to de- defend what's best about all of us. That's the capacity to have respect and to show respect, the capacity to have faith when we don't know exactly how it's going to work out. But I choose to believe that my sister or my brother will do their part. How many of us are willing to do that when it comes to the situation of gun violence, when it comes to the situation of mass shooting, when it comes to the situation of firearms being in the wrong hands. Um, it, it's a it's a complicated situation that impacts all of us in this country, and it's a conversation that requires respect, not you know, um, not stuff to fire up people that feel the strongest strongest way that you do. You can put the feelings out there and have, make sure the feelings are respected. But now you got to take those feelings and do something functional with them. Because the longer people argue at each other and yell at each other instead of talking to each other, the more vulnerable our freedoms are and the more vulnerable our lives are and the people that we care about to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and be victims. We need to have compassion for people that disagree with us. We need to have patience for people that disagree with us. We need to have a gentle spirit when they come to us with a confrontational spirit. When they cannot be reasoned with, it's up to me to remember who I'm standing there for. I'm standing there trying to be righteous and to realize that today it's them acting out Tomorrow, it could be me that is acting in a way that's indefensible and insensitive. So we have to have faith in who's working in us so that we can find a reasonable solution to help us to feel respected and safer. So that is my take on the fruit of the spirit as it relates to gun violence. It doesn't have to be just gun violence, just any type of brutality against others. So that is the end of segment two for this podcast. Okay, we are now getting ready to start into segment three of the podcast. Still on this 
trend of talking about how we can disagree without being disagreeable. This segment, we are joined by my good friend and co-host and wife, Velvet. And hi, Velvet. Hello, everyone. Oh, I like how you say that. (laughs) Well, this segment is going to be coming to us from Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. And we're going to, I'm going to ask Velvet to read, you know, to read the scripture. And then we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss certain parts of it, how certain times we can get caught up um, missing the big picture because of uh, smaller things. And um, without further ado, I'll let Velvet do her thing. Get it, girl. Okay. I'll be reading Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, Let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. All right, Velvet. Now, this is a particular, uh, this is a particular scripture that many of us have, have heard and many of us have opinions on and many of us have had. Uh, different points of view on what to emphasize in the past and presently. Um, You and I might see this a little differently, or we might see certain points that stand out the most for us. Um, What, what would you like to share based on what you just read? What, what are some things that you just took from that? Um, Well, I think, um, the wives submitting to your husbands. Um, I know that when I first read that, not today, but previously, you know, I would always have a problem with that. I used to look at submission as a form of weakness. Um, so, you know, we, we read verse, we read, we read uh, verse 21 about submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. But I don't really remember seeing that verse before. It's it's jumping out at me this time around. I would always remember about wives submitting yourselves unto your own husbands. Um, And I just kind of stuck on that. 
And I think that um, looking back on that, I think that was kind of like, um, it took me away from the, the lesson, just only focusing on that. It was like I got lost in what it really meant. And now looking at it, I don't feel like it's just only saying submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Um, I think it's a lot more to it than that. Well, it sounds like that's <clears throat> that's really one of the things that stood out to me as well. Yes, we talk a lot about husbands submitting to your wives and the husband being the head of the household. And there is there's multiple scripture in the Bible that say that that say that. And there are certain things that we take literally some things we take <clears throat> and apply it uh, within the context of of broader scripture but one of the things that stand out to this scripture is this passage is that verse 21 and verse 33 both suggest that we should submit to each other we should submit to each other and honestly we submit to god first and foremost and by submitting our will to god's will then we make it work it's very easy to get distracted, get preoccupied with what we think our spouse should be doing um, based on what we think is fair, based on what we think is common sense, and lose sight of the fact that God wants me <clears throat> to be accountable to him. He wants me to give him my best. So even if my spouse isn't having a great day or if my spouse doesn't have a great point that he or she is standing on or is stuck on, that does not absolve me from giving God my best because only by trusting him and having faithfulness in this relationship that he brought together can I honestly give my most. I can't give my best if my best is 100% based on what I can see with my eyes. There has to be room for God and there has to be room for growth. Um, I can't or else um, my spouse isn't allowed to grow either. So what, <clears throat> any, <laughs> what else, what else are you thinking when you go back and look at that? Another thing that stands out to me is when it says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Um, you know, when the scripture talks about, you can laugh. <laughs> when the scripture talks about when two become one, um, you have to, I, I believe, I mean, I believe everybody has the right to interpret things, um, to pray and, and interpret certain things uniquely. But if I have a relationship with God and I have a relationship with, uh, with my spouse, then the relationship with my spouse is a living, it's a living life. And that life um, that isn't me and my girlfriend or me and my boo, we're not the boo crew. This is husband and wife stuff. When a husband submits himself to God and when a wife submits herself to God, then they give birth to a new life. 
a a commitment that was made uh, to reflect our best of what we can give God. And by submitting to that process, then <clears throat> then we can kind of grow outside of the limitations we would have we would not have been able to grow outside of unless we did find the right person to settle down with. So that part about being a great mystery, that stands out to me as well. What you think, Velvet? I think um, I'd like to make another part, point about the submission point, just because, you know, that's a, a it's sticking to me as far as um, a stumbling block that I've had in the past is I don't think that means that um, we should be like a doormat. You know, the wife should be a doormat or just um, sit back and accept or do any old thing. I think that an example for that would be, let's say if you come to me with an idea about something for our family and you come to me and tell me how you feel and then saying that this is something that you want to do. And then I say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And then I explain that to you, making a point to say that you're giving me the opportunity to speak on how I feel. And you're not just coming to me saying, well, we're going to do this and this is how it is, but you're giving me that option to to speak on how I feel and then you come back and say well you know I appreciate you let me know how you feel but we're going to go ahead and do this and then I feel like the submission part would be is me going ahead and accepting the fact that no I didn't agree with with the choice that you make but being loving and supportive of the decision that you make for our family and then if it goes well then all is well but let's say that that decision is not a good one not to get in your face and say, well, see, I told you so, or I was right and you were wrong, but to, but to be able to, to step back and, and acknowledge that you are the leader of the household. That's a really big point. That's a really big point. And it shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't make, make light of that. That's something that both spouses should recognize. A good leader knows that they're only going to be, um, have as much success as the people working together. Um, a good leader has good people working with them that makes things easier for them. So the leader of my marriage is God. Um, and if I'm not willing to submit myself to God and put my wife's needs above my needs, then I'm thinking, and then I'm basically just carrying around this, this uh, this title, this empty title. Uh, God didn't doesn't want us to get caught up in what title we go by. He wants us to get caught up in our mission and being submissive to him, having faith in him, being gentle and patient with one another so that so that his righteousness can be evident in the life that we bring together. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I do agree with that. Okay, well, I think we've we've pretty much we've covered it inside and out. You've had a couple of, of takes. I've had a couple of takes. Um, anything else you want to say to the folks before we sign off? I would just like to say, remember to always put God first. That um, when I've tried to do things on my own or related to myself or my husband, it didn't always end well. And once I put my focus on God and what he wanted me to do, then not only did I grow, 
as a Christian and as a person, but also I feel like our marriage grew because we weren't pointing at the other one and saying, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's all your fault, but it's what would God have me do? And once I focused on him, God was able to work through me um, to help me know what to say and what to do and how to handle things. And it's not always been easy, but if you stick with it and you keep putting God first, he'll help you work through it. Well said, Velvet, the one with the beautiful voice and the beautiful outside, I might add. So this brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you for joining the Nine Points Podcast. Remember, when you think of Nine Points Podcast, remember Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's very important to remember the nine points that reflect the righteous fruit of God. Um, Thank you again for joining us. And remember, wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. Goodbye.